0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Author News Weekly. Um, is it still too late to say Happy New Year? We can do Happy New Year for a couple, a couple more yes. days, right? Yes. Yeah, too late. It's too late. Yeah. It's too, late. <laughs> oh, too late. Well, grumpy is people. Winter infinity, winter. is that
1: the the official like end of Christmas in Catholic religion?
0: Oh yeah. That... What?
2: Yeah, Jan sixth. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I'm just making up words. It's Jan uh, sixth, right. right? I think that was yeah, the but Orthodox that's, Christmas, Christmas not.
2: Not like not the end of years. Christmas. Yeah,
0: Someone's just bitter. Someone's just bitter. Anyhow, I'm happy. It's a great week. Um, there's been a lot of crazy weather, and I'm lucky that I have not had to suffer through that. So uh, if you are suffering from some terrible weather, floods in California, or it's huge snowstorms, um, be safe. Be safe, and I hope you're okay um this week's news this isn't a regular news show this is an author news show so we'll let the the regular news cover the weather from you know henceforth but uh <laughs> we're going to talk about
1: I'm watching our stats go of, down uh, as you said that everyone's I like oh damn it, i wanted to know what's
0: going on with ukraine this morning uh-huh. Everyone <laughs> leaving our our feed <laughs> you can you can feed that in you can you can edit that in and post and uh yeah so let's, let's talk about this year and what's coming up this year so i um our friend RA sent us this uh thing the publishing trends written world media and I really like it because I like to see what I never take advantage of the things that you know happen like I'm never like the early adopter but I do like to pretend that I'm going to be the early adopter so I kind of like to look at what the experts out there um and um but unfortunately i didn't see any of you guys giving advice in there but i would like to see what the other experts have to say about um what's coming up in 2023 what was your big takeaway from 2023 um nick in there well considering it's
1: the very beginning of 2023 i'm not sure i have a takeaway from 2023 okay for 2023
0: How about but that? i'm gonna assume so you we take away man <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so my big takeaway without having, I mean, I'm not, I read the article without the article, aside from the article, I should say my big takeaway from 2022, basically what, where we're going in 2023, there are two keywords and they both start with a one is AI and the other one is audio. These are the two areas where I think we are going to see massive, massive growth, um, I'm not even really making a prediction here because we're already seeing this massive growth. I and mean, anyone, unless you're living under a rock, has seen ChatGPT, uh, which is from OpenAI, get really, really popular. And then, of course, Spotify bought Findaway Voices, which is a huge move. Apple just recently soft launched um, their partnership with Draft2Digital um, and Ingram about distributing artificial intelligence narrated audiobooks. Even though Apple won't say it, that's what it is, folks. They say digitally narrated. Guess what? It's the same thing. Um they just don't want to get caught under the AI argument against, you know, audiobooks and all that. So, those are the two big ones for me. Um this this article is great. It talks about both of those. Um but that's kind of yeah, generally, I mean, if, if nothing else, if you hear nothing else from from Nick Thacker today, hear that audio and AI are going to be big. I guess and let me just sorry, one more thing on that. It's not enough to just say they're going to be big. If you're an author in 2022 or 2023, um, I'm not just saying, Hey, it's going to be big. So you can go, okay, great. It's going to be big. And then parrot that. That means figure out where you fit into that. Um, if you're using a narrator for your audio books, figure out if there's a way to capitalize on having another lower priced product, that's AI narrated, for example, don't get rid of your narrator. Narrators are great. We love them. Um, but but think of other ways to, to provide your work to more people at a more affordable price point. Same thing with um, with audio in general or I should say with AI in general, um, is, is there are there ways you can use that to um, make your writing easier or faster? I just recorded a video about this. I'll, I'll link to it. But um, I'm using it to clean up my dictated text, for example, uh, which is a game changer for me. So just think, of, I mean, it's not going anywhere, guys. So just figure out how to use it in your own business. And I think you'll be set.
2: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Every new technology that comes in, I think a lot of the time about the fact that if I were writing back before I had access to word processors that made it so easy to switch things around, my writing would be deeply different and I might actually have given up on some things. So I know that's not comparable and a lot of people say this is very different, but it's here, it can help you, it's not inherently bad.
1: Just Yeah, people are scared because it's good. Right. If this was like the very first iteration of Microsoft Word um, spell check or grammar check, we'd all be saying, oh, this is really cool. I can see how in 20 years from now, this is going to be really, really good. I want that. Well, guess what? We just advanced 20 years in one year. And that's where we are now. So we all kept saying I'm to bring back it. Clippy. Yeah. Hello.
2: It looks like you're trying to write a thriller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Precisely. You check your tropes. The fact that Clippy, the, the fact that Clippy sucked when we were in middle school and high school. Um, sorry, Roland, um, you know, means that uh,
0: <laughs> kidding,
1: we can edit this out. It's OK. I mean, I don't. People don't know. Roland's a, 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 you have an old soul for a 28 year old Roland. That's all I meant. Thank you, um, Nick. We're scared because it's good. That's all.
3: I think if you author were looking forward to this, maybe being the year of the cozy or the year of the reverse harem or whatever, you're uh, out of luck because it's the year of AI and uh, there's nothing nobody can do about it. Um, I There's one other thing in here that caught my attention is the thing about uh, serial fiction. They keep trying to make serial <laughs> fiction happen every couple yeah, of no, years. And, and so the, the line in here that sticks out to me is serial fiction is a great way to repurpose backlist content that is tropey and fast paced and to find an entirely new audience for it, because that, that really boils down what they're trying to do. They're trying to fit books into the short attention spans of modern people. And what we've seen over and over again is that modern people with short attention spans don't want to read books the people who read books, read books and like cutting them up into 500 word segments, isn't going to suddenly make everyone want to read. Oh, I can read for two minutes a day. Why would you do that? When you could just play candy crush or Marvel snap or whatever. I don't, I don't, I think they keep trying to go for this low attention span audience and it keeps failing. And uh, so this will probably.
2: Yeah. It's like, I have, I had some things up on Vela and the majority of the money I made every month, I would make like 10 or 11 cents, I think, from people reading it and like $250 because I was one of the top authors. (laughs) I know. Sure. Yeah.
0: I've heard that a couple of (laughs) times. Yeah.
1: I'm making a solid two or three cents a month on uh, Yonder (laughs) myself. (laughs) Between like five or six published titles that have 150 sections each. Uh, yeah,
2: and uploading those is not an insignificant task in
1: it's not
0: of- this is one. Yeah. i mean jim what you said they're trying to make it happen it's like it it's been they've been trying to make it happen since 2012 and like for because for a while it was happening right like so people sort of figured out how to do how to sort of game the the Kindle system and do these little mm-hmm. serials, and I don't know that they were gaming it so much as that it was new. So everything was new. So people were experimenting with eBooks. Readers were experimenting with it. There weren't as many to to um, there weren't as many things to 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 dig through. So readers were a little bit more flexible. Um, but it didn't really well, seem to work yeah. in the long run. And even the people who were big into the serial writing the serials then kind of gave it up.
2: Yeah. And it's not it, like it wasn't that it was a serial. It was that if you're in Kindle Unlimited and it costs you nothing and there's an easy link to the next book in the back, like it really doesn't matter. Just click the link, go on to the next book, keep reading. It works well for things like romantic su- suspense because they're not paying another $1.99. They're just like, yeah, OK. And I think
0: that's why Vela not taking off because it's like it's they've. It's a totally different system and it
2: might be that does cause a lot of problems whenever people are like oh i have to go somewhere else and buy f- tokens and
1: yeah it seems like amazon does this every five or six years or so they launch something that seems like it's going to be big but then 95 percent of the employees in amazon have no idea what the hell it is and have never heard of it because they don't actually launch it they just sort of like, here, summer intern, what do you want to build? And they're like, I want to build Vela. And so they're like, all right, here's $17 to go build Vela. By the way, <laughs> it's not going to be integrated in any way, shape, or form with the rest of our website that billions of people shop on every day. Oh, yeah, I've paints. gotten good luck. Maybe good, good, good luck, one intern. email
2: about Vela since it started as a yeah. customer. That's like, oh, you've, uh, Happy New Year. You've got this many Vela credits. I was like, oh, right. Okay,
0: yeah. sure. And I've I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that recently they've made it to where you're, you can add your Vela stories to your author page, but I don't know I haven't I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, not.
2: all it would take would be a simple link to like, hey, you read this Vela story. Other people who read this Vela story really like, or other people who read authors you like really like this Vela story. Go check it out for free on your Kindle.
0: Yeah. So easy. Yeah. I just find it super confusing, but I think they're trying to tap into, a, they're trying to get a whole, it's like if Facebook came out with something that was specifically targeted, like a separate little thing off to the side that like the rest of us didn't really see, but it was like targeting young people to come in and get this like totally different thing. And they're like, okay, well, maybe one day we're going to integrate it clumsily. And, um, and then they never do because it doesn't really work out. So, yeah. yeah. I think Vela is going to be the next
1: Kindle worlds. I mean, they're going to give it 10 years and then be like, Oh yeah. You know, we never, that never
0: really took off. Like we wanted it to, yeah shutter it yeah specifically on cereal they had a serial thing before kindle cereals right so they had a platform that didn't really work and i think because it didn't really not only didn't work but it didn't work out like it wasn't very popular so i think they just like let it go so i don't know why they're they're trying it again but you know maybe they did a lot of market research and there's a lot of money being spent on cereals out there but um that doesn't mean that you know the big guy here amazon can can pull it off
2: it was just easy enough for them to throw up a little bit of programming and be like well we're gonna be there if the cereals take off on what were the competitors like radish and yeah there was one that had been there for a while and and then it didn't really
0: yeah 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 and it just when you look at these things people keep bringing up like charles dickens wrote cereals but I don't think that was his goal. Like I think that was like, and it was a different day. Like it was the newspaper. Everyone got the newspaper. They're borrowing the newspaper. Like that. Like there weren't, weren't like a million things out there like drawing your attention. There were a few things and that was one of the choices of entertainment. So pe- So it worked for him. It's hard to replicate that today. It's hard to replicate a lot of the things that we saw big name authors who are still big today launched themselves with in 2010 or 2012 because like the world is different the kindle world is different um yeah 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 any, anything any other trends um Pippa, what did you see in there
2: i mostly noticed the uh the ai as well um but let's see what was my other favorite um direct sales for indies that's going to be interesting to watch um Cause it makes sense. I wonder if it's going to push more people wide, um, but getting people to your own, getting the traffic there is, is difficult. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think direct sales is important. I think it's big. Like the bigger you are as an author, the more important it is to, to go direct. Um, I would just caution people who are just starting out not to worry so much about selling direct because it's just hard to get people it's hard enough to get people to go to your to buy your books on amazon it's extra hard to get them to buy direct from you and if it puts up a lot of if it gives you extra work or extra costs then that's a then that's a problem um i You know, I've seen people jump into Spotify at twenty four dollars ninety nine cents a month, but they're not even selling like one or two books a month. So, like, that's a negative every month. Like, so there, if you really want to go direct, you can ramp up. You can start with something that's free that takes a cut, and then as you get big enough to justify twenty five dollars a month, then you can upgrade to something bigger. Um, Yeah, and then you have to consider all sorts of things about. Well, we're not getting into that anyway drive too much into that but there's just a lot of stuff to consider um i would say that i didn't see kickstarter mentioned in there um
2: that's but, yeah that could be a, a big game
0: changer but i do think kickstarter is a huge thing and i think it's when it first started like two like not when people really were getting into this again two years ago there were a lot of negativity about it like oh like thinking like it was a gofundme or something like that where it's like um instead of right, like, just raising money to do these so now it's like the, i think the perceptions in the author community for kickstarter has changed in a more positive way and um i think it's a great way to to launch a, a book particularly for nonfiction. fiction i I'm, I'm not as familiar with how you would launch a new book in uh, a new novel but i see a lot of uh, nonfiction authors uh doing really really great because there's so many cool things you can you can add
2: i did really well with with mine um I ended up getting the book uh, acquired by a publisher after I ran the Kickstarter, so there's been stuff about like how are how is the release schedule now going to work and they've agreed that all of the Kickstarter backers get their normal stuff, but I'm not wow. a huge name author and I just pulled in 3 grand. It's cool. for my Kickstarter on a new series.
0: That's great. Huh. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's something that they, you know, that would have been my prediction that so many more people are going to be doing kickstarter this year mm-hmm. yeah. cool anything i man <laughs> you know what i meant <laughs> um,
2: no i think we're good
0: yeah yeah okay let's go on to the the next one um which is book sales statistics so this is looking back at um at the previous year, right? And um, on how things were going. And who wants to start with this one? Um, Any big surprises in there? I have a
3: couple of these Amazon sales statistics. I don't trust some of these numbers. I think some of these numbers are definitely wrong. I do not believe that Amazon gets 10% of their revenue from books. There's no way that's true.
2: Yeah. There's no way that's true. It can't be that much. I was going to say I was clearly wrong last week when I mentioned less than one percent, but it cannot be ten.
3: There's some there's some interesting phrasing in here stuff that uh, like it's sort of a little bit passive aggressively anti Amazon, where it says Amazon publishing undercuts the market to some extent. Well, largely that's not Amazon's decision. Large, you know, the booksellers are setting their own price. So when it's saying that they're undercutting the market, I don't think that's anything sinister Amazon is doing there.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read past the first two um, bullet points. It says, although this referencing the first bullet point that says approximately 10% of their worldwide revenue comes from book sales. Although this sounds small, it still equates to 280 billion. It doesn't. Uh, I just Googled Amazon's revenue in 2021. It was 469.8 billion. If if this accurate if this stat was accurate, then ten percent of Amazon's worldwide revenue uh equating to two hundred and eighty billion would mean that they're the first trillion dollar company. Uh, and not they would make two point eight trillion dollars. Is that right? I mean, am I doing my math right? I think that's right.
3: I mean maybe it's two eighty billion overall since they've been selling books.
0: Well,
1: no, I mean, it says that it's would either, still be misleading. $280 billion is either 10% of their worldwide revenue, which is the way I'm reading it, or it's incorrectly stating that their revenue overall is 280 billion, both of which are wrong.
0: Could it be that what wrong. is, what is the revenue from Amazon? Cause Amazon has so many things. They have, um, their web services and things like that. Right. So is this from just their sales platform? Doesn't say.
1: And once again, we have somebody spewing data that doesn't actually have any data referenced.
0: Oh. Maybe we should skip to the next news item. We banish this article.
1: So I just, I mean, I see stuff like this, man. No, nothing wrong with, with what you pick in this article. I think it's good to talk about this kind of stuff because authors will read this and just uh, just take it at face value because it's on the internet. But I mean, come on, guys, like we don't do that, Right. We're not going to do that.
2: We we We're come here to, to, to overthink.
1: Here to overthink it. So yeah, I just, and, I'm like, you know. I don't know how much this I can trust. I'm like, just <laughs> it, in 2016, Amazon sold 4.3 billion dollars. Where where are you getting that stat from? I don't. Yeah, that's one of those things their, where their prospectus for Q one, two, three, or four. Like, where 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 is that coming from?
2: Down at the bottom, they only link to Hachette book. Sales Statistics, and Simon and & Schuster.
1: Those are just the next two articles on the blog. <laughs> Those aren't linking to anything actual. Oh, my yet. God. Yeah, that's just going to, here's the previous article, and here's the next one we just bullshitted our way through.
2: No, okay, so different different learning experience for everyone. Once you find the first uh, error and there's no uh, citation <laughs> noted,
1: just move on. Okay.
0: So we won't be linking to this one in the show notes. Well,
1: <laughs> oh, I will. I want words rated to know. Okay. Can't just pull shit out of your ass and call it a stat. Sorry. You Gotta can't comment, but that. if
2: you scroll down to the bottom, there's a contact us link.
1: Yeah. Well, that looks like I'm totally going to get to Danny McLaughlin or whoever it is.
2: Totes. All right. Okay. You could use Chat next, GPT. Sorry, sorry. It's, it's, it,
0: it sounds hard. like I'm upset. I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed. Glad to be upset. Let's okay. So this next article, um, sell more books with a bookseller's mindset. Um, it's by Kobo, Kobo Writing Life, and. <sighs> <they're not>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nick.
1: Deep sigh of relief.
0: So I really like this one because it's a little bit for me, it's a little bit back to basics. Like so, authors, like anyone selling something, anyone, and especially like other artists, they get you really get like sort of caught up in like this selling mentality. Both they feel like they have to be this like professional salesperson, like have to have this professional looking newsletter or something like that. But also they're like afraid to talk about the fact that they sell books, right? So it's like they're both they're the extremes, and sometimes it's the same person has both the both of those uh, both of those extreme um, traits going on right there and fears. So what I like about this one is that it talks about it asks you to put yourself in the place of the people that that you would typically trust or that a reader would typically trust to get their book advice from, and that's from like a traditional bookseller, like somebody that you would go to the book. Like, Gosh, I really need a book for like. I once went to the bookstore f- to look specifically for a book for my daughter. Like I kind of knew the kind of books she wanted, but like I had poked around on Amazon a couple of times and I'm like, I don't can't like I would going to have to keep looking at all of these book descriptions to find something. And I just don't know. So I went to the bookstore and I asked um, somebody who was, about my, a little bit older than my daughter who worked there. And if she liked those kinds of books in the, in the fantasy, the YA fantasy section, and she said, Oh, yeah, it was my favorite. So I told her the books that my daughter liked and she goes, Oh, I have the perfect books for her. So I went over and she pulled just like, knew exactly where to go, handed me these three books and said, any one of these would probably be great. So like, take a look at those. And I got, um, I picked two of them and my daughter loved both of them. So like, I could not have gotten that from from an online experience very easily. But what I could have gotten it from is from a YA author who knew the types of books that, that he or she wrote and was able to give readers the advice that they are looking for to find the next book for them or for somebody in their lives.
2: Well, and this is one of those places where authors lifting each other up is also very useful because remember, you're not going to write enough books to keep someone's reading interest entirely like it. it's just not going to happen and so if you're someone who is reading these types of books likes them and writes them you could be posting your reading list and yeah. that's helping other authors um and that stuff comes back around it starts to hook in on amazon algor- algorithms all of that stuff so um yeah. i know that's not directly helpful to you as an author but it is helpful to your fellow authors. So do consider it.
0: Yeah. What about you, Jim?
3: I think uh, these tips all kind of have the same subtext of be a human, be friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, like this, this, uh, I want to explain how to, uh, how to write an email newsletter or a social media post. It says tell your readers would make them feel something. I like that a lot because I used to, I used to wonder why every time a company would announce a new product, they would say something like we are thrilled to announce the launch or we're excited to, to launch blah, blah, 2.0. And I used to always wonder why do they say that? Why do they tell us how they feel right up front? And I mean, I'm, I'm super cynical and jaded, so it didn't work on me, but most people <laughs> really connect with feeling words. It's just true. You tell somebody how you feel they're immediately invested. Um, these are all great tips. You know you really got to like i my emails i insert their name up at the top but if i don't have their name i use a fallback and it's just friend it just says hey friend and that's how all my emails start and i i make sure that um when i'm recording a youtube video or i'm making an email i don't start off like hey Hesket nation or hey all my fans out there because the thing is they don't gather around together to read my email right.
1: you're they never writing my to
3: email you're writing to yeah what? they're the reading my email separately, so I don't say "Hey friends," I say "Hey friend," and it's. I say home them. slice. <laughs> <laughs> That'll
0: work. Well, I'm in a small group of Jim Pesket fans, and we save your emails <laughs> and we open it up around one computer and we go. Ooh, That's really wow. useful info for me to have. Thank you, Roland. You're welcome. <laughs> <sighs> But I signed up. I said, but I called ourselves buddies. So like you do actually say, hey, buddies. I do. Yeah. I put, I put buddies as my first name. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Very clever, Roland. Ha-ha. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> you, you don't always come across as jaded and cynical.
1: No, I'll a, work on why I see a smile.
0: <laughs> Yeah, so um, there's a couple of good things, you know, like there's some there's some specific tips in there. I really would re- re- suggest that you read this one because there are very sp- specific tips. There's not just like why you should do these things, but you can go in there and how how to get in the mindset of a bookseller, the kinds of things that a bookseller um, would do to help their their potential customer or their customer, and and it's the same things that you can do. Put yourself in this mindset of a bookseller. And um, I think you can, it's a, it's a more natural way and it's a more comfortable way. It has been for me um, to talk about my books. What about you, Nick? Speaking of jaded.
1: <clears throat> I'm jaded. I don't do a lot of uh, in-person stuff.
0: That's it. That's all you got. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, we're talking I mean, about it in person. We're I mean, we're talking about like putting yourself in the in the mode of an in person person. Even like when you do it in you you know you have, you have a newsletter, don't you? You have a newsletter, I think. Yeah, I just sorry. I mean, going, I
1: was commenting more on just the the bookseller's mindset and talking about some of the hand selling and pitching and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, because I want to talk about that. I I don't have a lot of experience doing that, so I don't know that I would know how to do it well. Other than I know what works well on me um like for example at the 20 books uh Vegas event the the last day on Friday they have a book signing basically like a book fair for weirdos uh and you walk <laughs> around and uh <laughs> and uh like, well, like who goes to this thing like what reader is going to be like i'm going to show up to Vegas? like just it's weird but it's it's fun you know like you go around you see your friends and and you shake hands and you know i i guess and so it's just it, it's weird like i've gone and talked to um, you know, my, my genre, the thriller folks. And um, what's really worked well, I've, I've experienced is the ones who will ask me, hey, do you read thrillers? Um, or insert your genre, right? If, if I'm coming up and I, you know, obviously look like I want to talk, then they say, hey, do you read blank genre? And if, if I say no, th- instead of trying to push your book toward me and say, well, you know, but yeah, but you should start. You should read this fantasy novel that features a pony as the main character. I'd be like, I literally <laughs> will read everything on the planet before your book. Fantasy pony <laughs> author. Um, <laughs> I think what I you should do next, I know. If, if you really want to hawk that book, the next question out of your mouth should be, do you know anybody who does? And this gets into what Roland was talking about with, with your daughter reading fantasy. Right. So anyway, I think that's kind of uh, kind of my, my big takeaway with that. Um, the hand selling stuff and that you know, um, I think it can work. I, it's just, it's, I've, I've a hard time with in-person events in general, just because I'm like, I don't think, I don't think we're there anymore. I think the world has kind of moved on. Like if you want also, to do, anyone could fun, be British. If someone's British, I'm out, like <laughs> I'm just going to be, I'm just going to walk away. Like I'll, I'll leave the books, the whole table, all of my investment. And I'll, just, I'll go get lunch. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Mark a lot Austin, of them can, can do this. I love you. All the other Brits. Step up. <laughs> A lot of them can do good american accents so you might not even know i might not even know that's true that's very true uh that's true. Um, does that satisfy your your desire for the for the sound of my voice roland
0: yeah <laughs> I didn't know how i was going to be able to go through my day without hearing you know, forcing some, me to say you know, something words from nick thacker yeah i just think um yeah i liked this article not because of the hand selling part. I mean, because I'm right on the same page with you, Nick. Like, I don't think that for the most, I think there are times when it's nice to do, like if there is a, if you want to do a book signing when your book launches, I think that's a sort of, a can be like a feel good thing, but getting into the, the sort of the habit or the mindset that you can't, you have to do a bunch of in-person events, I think goes against, um, I think it's not, it's hard to cost justify that. And, Yes, you might make some a super fan level of person, You know, it might be better than a bigger fan than you would have made had you sold that book to them in um, online. But I think the odds are so low that um, that it's just tough and like hand selling. Like a lot of times you do the math and like you spend hours and a lot of money and, and a lot of uh, emotional you spend a lot of emotional capital when especially when few people show up or you realize that that wasn't like you know you're hoping for the best and then when it doesn't pan out you're like oh man then you're down and then i think that can take the wind out of your sails to use as many mixed metaphors as i can come up with in one sentence
1: i think the trouble with hand selling especially in in my genre and thrillers um is that i I don't think that's really i don't know um i don't think that's really what readers want okay let let me put it this way like i think what really works well in hand selling or like going to you know book conventions and all that is like this this immersion into that world the reader wants to feel okay well this is fantasy world i want to be in the world of dune you know i want to buy the action figures and the the soundtrack and all that stuff and like thrillers I'm, i'm like i write in the world that we all live in right now so there is no other immersion into that world. It's like, do you want to you want to buy the AK-47 that Harvey Bennett used to bash the guy over the head? Um, th- that's it. I don't have any, like, props or toys or any like, shit I can make, you know, for my readers. And my <laughs> readers don't want that crap anyway. They just want the next book. They just want to read another book. So they may come and buy a severely overpriced version of my book in paperback or hardcover because they like me. But they're not going to buy the whole table. And they're not going to buy the, uh, you know... The, the the book that I'm selling there, if they've already read it on ebook or whatever, so it's just a little trickier. I think it is a genre specific thing, and I, when I mean genre I think most genres can succeed in in some regard um, at a at a signing event or something, for example. With the one exception of like thrillers and maybe a couple of like legal thrillers, or I don't know, some other stuff. I'm sure even nonfiction would do better in person because then you're like you. I want to I want to meet the author of this book because yeah. this is them. Or I, I have a question about work. The i can't imagine I, that
0: working i don't know maybe i'm wrong what's that Pippa?
2: uh for nonfiction, you can you know if you've got a question about something in the book you can be asking it to that person it's it, there's a very good reason to be doing that one in general i think nick makes a really good point um
1: obviously obviously <laughs> obviously
2: <laughs> Clearly, I don't even Are know solid, why bother to mention yeah. it. Well,
1: let's
0: leave on a high note because we now learned what you shouldn't do, or many authors shouldn't do, or should at least consider. But from, um, like, what's a, a solid piece of advice that um, you can give our listeners to um, for this week? I can start. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with again going back to this last article from Kobo writing life. And I'm going to say, whether you want to sell in person or whether you want to sell online, putting yourself in the position and the mindset of a bookseller is a great way to understand what your readers are looking for and how to help them. And when the more you help them, whether it's finding your book or finding, um, one of your friends books in, a, in the same genre as you um the more successful you're going to be and the more super fans you're going to make and they're going to spread the word yeah my cultivate advice
3: the... go ahead pips
2: uh cultivate the superfans. people buy books based on recommendations from their friends so the the people who already read your books make them your ambassadors yep
3: my piece of advice for you author is to go out and find 10 authors in your genre who have a mailing list and sign up for all 10 mailing lists and then see if they have automation sequences, see how often they come, see what the content is. Just, uh, just go see how some other people do it and take notes for a while. I like that.
1: Get that education.
0: About you, Nick. It's risky leaving you for the last.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Do what Jim says.
0: Wow, good, It's great.
2: Interesting.
1: Awesome,
0: awesome. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening. Author News Weekly this week, and we will be back with, oh, let's go around, let let everybody know how to to find you guys. And um, then we'll sign off.
1: I am Nick Thacker of the internet. There you go.
2: No one wants to be found here. as Moira Cassidy, I, I think and you might can be overestimating
0: how difficult it is to Google shit. <laughs> it's
1: not that hard. Fair, People fair. can find us.
0: Have you not seen people's comments on Facebook? Where, <laughs> Where is this
1: guy? I can't find him.
2: Click here to download my ebook. Where do I click?
0: Link. It's the name is right there. The link is right there. Yes, uh, you can find me
2: on Twitter complaining about the uh, OGL debacle right now so uh, yes that's where you'll also
3: find me is on the
0: internet complaining about dungeons and dragons dude man (laughs) what a clusterfuck huh yeah that's Mm -hmm. some solid stuff um i'm not complaining there but i'm reading it's been uh it's been it's been crazy you can find me at um indestructible and um instagram usually so thanks everybody it's uh it's great to cover the news with y'all and we will be back next week overthinking the news one more time well a lot more times but it'll be the next time that's it i'm gonna stop talking now